Welcome to Femcasters, a podcast and community where feminine wiles and ferocious female voices collide. Femcasters was born from the idea that we can change the world one broadcast at a time. We are here to unite and elevate the voices of silence breakers just like you, girl-wide. Let's kick it, Karina. Kick it. So you're a bow lady, Lucia, who is donning a Canadian flag bow on her head. I mean, you've disarmed us. The, the five, <laughs> do we need to discuss the bow? <laughs> we need to discuss the bow because the bow is disarming. And I mean, the bow distracts me. It makes me laugh and it makes me more curious, even though it's like, you guys have to see this bow. <laughs> I'm so what head. we're saying is people have to go watch this episode on YouTube. Yes, for sure. Yes. So yeah, doing a little description, I'm wearing a Canadian flag for those of you that may be visually impaired or only listening. It's a very big bow. I am wearing a, a nine inch <laughs> bow across the top of my head in Canadian flag colors with a little maple leaf in the middle. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Lucia, yeah. you are a communication strategist and obviously into comedy too. So let's talk about being a great guest. That's what you're here to discuss with us today on Femcasters. How can we all be the best guest possible? Or not a sucky guest. Or not a sucky guest. How not to suck as a how guest. Yes. How yes. not to suck. How not to suck. I think if you don't mind me going a little woo-woo. <laughs> we wouldn't it's expect like, anything else. <laughs> you know, we started with the a bow, woo-woo. you know. Yeah. The woo-woo. Yeah. Differentiate yourself right off the bat. So I think I'm modeling that really well. There's a very precise way to be a great guest. Do you want a list or do you want to dissect them as we go? How do you want to be? Let's have a conversation, Lucia. I'd rather do that. I'd rather do that. Yeah. Or even just like, I like examples too. Like when somebody was a really bad guest without naming names, we don't need to villainize anybody. But I think like when we talk about what it is to be a good guest or what it is to not be a good guest, it's helpful to get a vision, a picture in your mind. If you tell the story of the bad guest, I will give you the perfect solution for how not to do that. A boring guest, a dry guest that continually talks and has no investment in the conversation. Right. I think that in my experience is going to be 90% of that is nervous. 10% is lack of preparation. Because the people who drone on and on and on, they've actually gone over the material. They know that they have a big vat of stuff they want to say. So technically in content, they're reasonably prepared. They just haven't chopped it into digestible bits. And they're so nervous. They're just like, and so we forget in a conversation when we're on someone's show that it is a performance and we are here to give energy and enthusiasm and passion about our subject matter to the audience. You know, my philosophy as a communication strategist has always been to be an audience advocate. Everything I've done, media relations, spokesperson training, all the blah, blah. It's always been through the lens of the audience. And so 
We don't want to show up kind of tired and stuff. I'm just trying to talk about the stuff and the things. No, we have to do jumping jacks before we sit down at the camera and we have to level up our energy a little bit because we have a responsibility to not put the audience asleep or wear a funny hat or do whatever makes you enthusiastic and happy about your subject matter. We can get into a more detailed breakdown of pre-production strategy for being a fantastic guest. But I really want to lead with cheer up. For God's sake, people cheer up when you go on someone's show. Even if it's a traumatic topic, you can still put energy and passion into it. It doesn't have to be a laugh fest. It just has to be energetic, you know, and, and practice and rehearse and be clear on your purpose and get her done, you know. <laughs> well, I think sometimes people can get paralyzed if they feel like they have to over-prepare for something. So what do you think would be a few key tools to help someone prepare for something like a media tour? Um, you actually have to rehearse. So I want to dispel a myth. As an actress, I want to dispel a myth. Rehearsal does not make you inauthentic. Rehearsal does not make you into monotone robot. Rehearsal is where you get to figure out how you want to say the sentence, if you want to give it lots of stuff, or if you want to bring it down a little bit. Like, Rehearsal practice, like just read your stuff out loud and figure out where you're going to put range in. So with my clients, I literally make them put numbers down the margin. Like if big and big is 10 and this is your whole blurg, then how are you going to be? Like put a little variety in it. It's much more fun and it doesn't take out the authenticity. And ad-libbing is fine if you've been seasoned and you're really good at your subject matter and you've done a thousand of these shows ad-libbing is fun but for those that are new or those that are just starting out um you know femcasters is such a great platform and there's all these people just starting out in podcasting and everybody's going to be guesting on each other's shows we need to be prepared uh, so i'm a fan of rehearsal I training spokespeople, doing media relations, crisis management, all of it. When you have an executive who's pooping their pants because something's gone wrong in their company and they need to do a press junket, you need to rehearse them until they know it, until they're good, until they're strong. So I recommend that for most people going on is just read through your stuff, figure out how you want to say it. Make sure that your mouth is all warmed up to say all those words. Sometimes we go on a podcast after we haven't talked all day and then we go, blur, 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 blur. it doesn't come out right. <laughs> Let's do a couple of those exercises. I remember <gasps> this from a clubhouse room you were doing. Oh, and I, I absolutely love loved it. So let's, so let's demo it for people. Okay, then that should be fun. So the, one of my favorite things to do with people when they're about to go on is in that five minutes, 10 minutes before they go on, it's really important to literally warm your face up. Let's all warm our face up. Just dig into those muscles. Definitely here. And you jaw clenchers out there, like get our little jaw clenchers. Wake the muscles up, massage the jaw a little bit. What happens is as a rule, we speak with our mouth hardly open at all. However, when we're 
doing a show, one of the greatest ways to infuse energy into the way that you speak is to just make sure that your lips are moving, your jaw is open. But let's do an exercise, shall we? Let's warm those lips up. So it's really easy. Just picture yourself with your lips on, a, on, on the belly of a cute little baby and let's go zerb it. It just feels so good. And then the other one is to say peachy weechy. Peachy weechy. Come on, Karina, say it. Peachy weechy. Come on, girl. Peachy weechy. It makes you smile hard. But you have to do these things in an exaggerated, embarrassing way for them to be effective. There's no dignity in in rehearsal. Is peachy weechy a technical exercise? It actually works a very specific group of muscles on your face that often are not engaged when we just speak to our family or friends or maybe even in a client meeting or something like that yeah the hard one is the proper coffee pot one i can't remember it off off hand but it was something something have your coffee in a proper coffee coffee pot because you open your mouth a lot when you say that right proper coffee pot (laughs) right right but i think that you could go on YouTube and find these exercises. There are people out there being weird on YouTube, showing you how to warm up your face, warm up your body. You know, you well, really people literally sure. put their fingers in their mouth and spread the yes, mouth. Yes. Like, Making your eyebrows go up and down is good too. But yeah, I think that there's, you know, preparation you do before you go on camera, preparation you do before you speak. Cut down on the dairy maybe 24 hours before you go on someone so you're not going. Make sure you got a little water on hand. Keeping things lively. And brush brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. 100%. You make me laugh. I mean, if anyone can see her, I'm just... Karina and I are smiling ear to ear because I just had to show my teeth. I brushed them just before I came in here because there's something about when your um, teeth are really clean, your lips don't stick to them as much. And I know these are subtle things, but it affects the noise that your mouth makes. And so if you're mic'd appropriately, you might hear more mouth noise because your teeth are a little dirty. But here's a really interesting part about brushing your teeth before you speak. So a lot of people are nervous. Even I can get nervous. It gives you dry mouth. So if you haven't brushed your teeth and there's crud and bacteria and old stuff in there and you get the pasties, you'll hear this on the microphone when someone's talking. That's so gross. So if you brush your teeth, sluice it out, get the saliva glands working, that's why you brush your teeth because you want your saliva glands in full tilt. But then, you know, the pre-production part, I think that's really a marriage between guest and host. So I'm often asked to speak on shows where if I say, sure, send me over your pre-production material, they're like, what? They don't know. They don't know. People don't know what they don't know. These are not character flaws. These are people really well-intentioned that just aren't doing the prep. But I think that if you're going to be on a junket, if you're going to go on a podcast tour, then you yourself can help raise the standards in the hosts as well by saying, here's my talent sheet or your one pager, whatever you want to call it. Some call it a media kit. There's a blur in the industry right now between media kit for press and media kit for podcast. It's the same thing. But really making sure that you can get your needs met by the host, like taking a little bit of control can be done by email, a quick chat. Some hosts to 
prefer to prep their guests in an informal way. I think that works for really well experienced guests. I don't think it works for newbies. I think you have to help them with just a smidge of structure. So here's how the show is going to open, laying out the lay of the land. Here's the formula. And then as a guest, it's your job to ask the question if the information is not forthcoming. So we know we need to prep. We need to listen to episodes of the host prior to get the formula down because they may not give it to you. You know, take responsibility for your, oh, (laughs) take responsibility for your performance. Mm-hmm. Being a repetitive, compelling speaker is hard work. It's athletic. We need to be engaging the diaphragm to make sure our voice is strong. We need to make sure our posture is great so that we're oxygenating properly. So, Lucia, so, some people also choose to stand when they podcast mm. or when they present. And I mean, this is this comes from my early sales training because I I came from sales in so many ways. One of the the things that women in particular can do to help their voice just sound deeper and more resonant is to stand. And so if you have one of those telescoping desks that can come up or down and you have a microphone that you have on a swing arm, you can you can actually set your life up to host a session standing and come through with more authority. My computer is actually on a riser so I can raise and lower my computer. Mm-hmm. So often I will, well, she's getting ready. Look at her. Standing. I like that. No, but it's so true. And I just had to stand during this episode because I do feel like a power when you do stand or you're moving. You get a lot more energy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And your diaphragm isn't all squashed. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Well, we can get a Vera desk. That's one of the branded ones. It goes, you can go up and down really easily with something like that. There's tons Um, of good ones. Yeah. There's so many. Yeah. And I mean, I have now this telescoping arm. I got a a really nice one because the company I'm working for actually paid for this and the new mic because I'm going to be creating a podcast to support the brand launch. So yay. Okay. Like making these all come together, new toys, but it works so much better and with just its precision. So it's it's something I'm thinking about doing is actually getting to a space where I can raise and lower the desk. I just don't have it set up right now. Oh, no, it makes such a difference when I'm standing, just standing for those five seconds I did. Yeah. So the green screen behind me goes to the floor and I shove my desk out of the way. I prop it where I want it. I get my lights going. I get my stuff going. And I'm a firm believer that if you can get your hips in the shot, you're more memorable because you're having all the body language. So that's why I make sure my shoulders are there and my hands are in play. Getting shoulders and hips on camera makes such a big difference. But not all podcasters want their podcast guests to present that way. We're very empathetic creatures. If we see someone taking the breath, we're more with them emotionally. Um, A compelling speaker has the audience breathing the same way they are. So having them catch their breath or slow down or pace up or whatever. But yeah, I think being clear on your purpose is one thing I wanted to make sure we, we covered. I know you covered it really well with my business partner, Adam, and that is the purpose of why you're in the room. So being clear on your purpose 
understanding what your message is and then doing the preparation you need to do. Everybody has a different skill level. Everybody has a different frame of reference for being in front of others and talking. Um, some newbies are just getting used to how they sound and appear on the camera. Like, oh my God, my jowls, my mom's jowls. You know, people are getting used to the way they look. So we have to make sure that we do the we do a little rehearsal like get your lighting i had to set up new lighting cuz my ring light committed suicide so had to make sure i was prepped took 30 minutes to do the new setup because they were still in the box i <laughs> you know and then practice and preparation so prep for the show you're on know the show know the audience and then do your little practice those are my three big tips is is the way you make yourself fresh, unique, and necessary on anyone's show, the way you make yourself fun on anyone's show is to know your purpose, do your preparation, and practice what you're going to say. That's really my three biggies. Well, I have to say three biggies that make a lot of sense to me. You know, I've done so much guesting specifically on the topic of my podcast, Care More Be Better, which is my flagship podcast that I feel like at this point, I don't have to prepare for that at all. If that's what I'm going to be talking about, you know, sometimes you do get a question that makes you want to take a step back as a guest or, or that might derail you from what your purpose was when you stepped onto that show and into that moment. So what advice might you give to that person? Some good interview skills to have are being brave enough to ask for clarification on the question. How do you mean that question? What can I, you know, that sort of thing. You can also ask if we can come back to it. I'd like to think about it. Like really be vulnerable and honest with the person who's, who's leading the show. And if you're not prepared to answer in that moment, that's absolutely 100% okay. I think we need to give ourselves permission to be human in those moments, but also you don't have to fill every silence, like a little second of silence. Nobody dies from that, everybody. Like answering a question that is unexpected. You can see people going through the filing cabinet of information in their head because their eyes change the way they move. A good host prepares the question in a way that gets the person thinking about it while they're being asked. That's a good hosting skill. Being deliberate in your response is okay. And you can pay time by saying, I would like to really be deliberate in my response on this. This is a really fascinating question. And then the other tactic you can say is, do you mind if I think out loud about it for a moment? And just bandy the idea about. I think the podcast world, I mean, look, there are 10 kinds of 10 podcast formats, right? So Understand the format that you're in, in an interview or a conversation. So I consider this more of a conversation, less of an interview, the three of us, I hope. Well, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. I also think, you know, this is getting back to the actual listening to their show to hear the types of questions that they ask. And some 
will use the same question in multiple episodes of their show. So listening to more than one can be incredibly revealing too. Like I like to ask guests at the end of a show on my Care More Be Better podcast, if there was a question I hadn't asked that they wish I had, Mm. or some thought that they want to leave the audience with. And so it gives them permission to say, you know, I really wish we'd talked about X, Y, and Z. And I always try to ask this question when I know I have about 15 minutes left, because sometimes we end up getting to the real nugget of a conversation that's just completely different and really valuable. So it's a method I use. But when uh, what I've noticed is that often my guests are surprised by the question because they haven't listened to two or three shows. A lot of people that I've been meeting of late, particularly on Clubhouse and a variety of other platforms who are new to the, I've got a startup, I want to tell people about my business, or I want to tell my story. There is a difference between a public speaker and a spokesperson. Usually we associate a spokesperson with being a spokesperson for a product, like spokesperson for the pen or the microphone like you are. But There's another kind of spokesperson. There's spokesperson for an issue, spokesperson for a movement, spokesperson for a message, spokesperson for a story that will speak to many. So going on podcasts for me is more of a spokesperson skill than a public speaker skill because you're speaking in chunks, increments, and you've not curated 40 minutes to go blargity blarg blarg. Rather, you are a spokesperson trying to teach, inform, empathize. So that's, I think, the newest incarnation for me of the spokesperson role as we would know it within the social media and podcasting arena. What do you guys think about that? I think there's so much pressure today, especially with entrepreneurs, people who are starting businesses, to go gung-ho on social media. You have to have a million followers. You have to have this, you have to have that, but it goes back to the essence of who you are, the company that you represent, what you believe in, and the ability to articulate it as you so well did. And I love that you said you have the permission to be human. So many people that I do interview, so many times I see they have a list in front of them and they are just going off the list of things they are supposed to stay instead of being human and connecting with the audience. So that is brilliant. It's about relationships. It's about Lucia, Karina, and Julie talking. It's about nothing else. And it's about the ability to touch those people that need to hear this message. And people get that wrong. People think that we need to be getting followers. We need to be getting listeners. We need to be blah, blah, blah. It all ensues when you ensue your purpose. It's not about chasing shiny objects. I always want to ask people, what are you doing with the followers you already have? Everybody wants more, but if you're neglecting your current community, that's something to think about when we're considering touring on podcasts, considering doing speaking events. Can we go notify them. Can we say things like, I haven't spoke, oh my God, we've been on LinkedIn for 14 years and we have never so much as had a conversation. Just acknowledging the gap in communication opens communication. And I think the humanity of these conversations 
the informality of the conversations that take place on podcasts. And I think that's one thing that people going on podcasts need to remember is you're allowed to have the feelings while you're there. You're allowed to have a full range of feelings while you're there. Even if one of them is awkward. I mean, I'm the queen of, of dorky and awkward and, and all of that, but I I don't take myself too seriously about it. That's why I wear the bow or I will do something else. If it's not the bow, I guarantee you I do something else in the course of being there because I want people, I want the audience to relax a little bit. I don't want them to feel like they're in school. That's the real trick. To be a compelling guest means that your audience doesn't feel like they're being lectured to or they're in school. They're just going, oh my God, good information, good personality, that was cool. Even if it's on a tragic subject. I had fun, you know, something simple like that. Well, fun's important, but there is a way to be self-deprecating or more comfortable with the audience while you are delivering really important messages, like about the environment or science or Mm -hmm. uh, women's issues or whatever, or the convoy in my city right now. Like there's so many ways to speak in a way that is digestible and approachable for the audience, even if we're speaking on tragic matters. We can't know what's going to upset the audience. Mm -hmm. We can make certain assumptions based on what we know about people's response to trauma. It's understanding your message, who you are, and it's understanding the audience that you are speaking to. And so many people come on to podcasts and have no idea the audience they're speaking to. So you said that so eloquently, Lucia. I want to know for you guys, can I turn the table for a second? Can I interview you? Anytime. We love that. I want to know for you guys. So let's say it just goes wrong. <laughs> Has it ever gone wrong, Karina? It's gone boring a couple times. It's gone boring. Yeah, We've it's had gone boring. Uh, yeah. Boring isn't wrong. It could be wrong. It's our fault then, right? If but let's say they get on there, you're two questions in, and they go Bambi in headlights. They forget everything they're supposed to say. How do you help them? We edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of podcasting. Mm-hmm. We edit it out. I would say I use at that point a little bit of humor or just give them the ability to relax by saying, oh, it's okay. You know, we don't bite. We always make mistakes or flub and stutter and have no idea how to pronounce the name. I, I like the idea of being vulnerable. Yeah. No matter the topic. We don't want a bad story or something to interrupt, but it's, it's just part of our lives and it's, speaking to what we're speaking about or two moms and we can't ignore that fact what often happens is the audience really responds to the flub up to the vulnerability to the humanity in the guest and so my dream is to run around and tell all the people that are going to be guests on podcasts to do a little role play, like get your family to interview you if you're nervous, like practice if you're new. Or a lot of podcast hosts will do a little help. Like, can you give me an example of the rhythm? Like, don't like grill those hosts like a people, grill your host like a piece of chicken. Ask them lots of questions before you start taping. Well, oh, do people say taping anymore? They don't, do they? <laughs> recording. They say recording. 
I like when people guests turn the tables. I find that interesting, quite honestly. When you can give a guest who has said their material a dozen times, and even like I said on Clubhouse today, like reconfigure that message so it's fresh for yourself, so it sounds fresh for the audience and the host. When you can have a conversation where the host makes you think of your own stuff in a new way, where you have an epiphanous moment right there on camera and where you're like, oh my God, I'm so smart. I just thought of something. <laughs> like, let's share those moments because I think that surprises happen. I think there are unexpected blessings when we're discussing a topic. And I think for me, the vulnerability thing is really crucial and learning to be okay with being vulnerable on camera because stuff is going to happen. When we're out there podcasting, when we're out there guesting, it is a performance. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're not being paid a million dollars to be an actor in a show, but if you look at it like that and you try to bring it as a performance, then we'll all have a better experience and people want to listen. I want to say something controversial when you're ready. Yes, say it. People who go on podcasts are actors. Hmm. They have to act like their husband pissed them off that morning. That's true. Karina, that's so true. (laughs) Holla. Holla. (laughs) Because you have to act like there's no child in the background barfing. You have to be present for the audience. And that means sometimes you have to act like. And so repetitive compelling speakers who go on tours we know that there's a certain element of okay i'm ready let's do this mm-hmm. and that is not inauthentic to understand that in different capacities of your professional life you must model certain behaviors and so when you are a guest on someone's show the behavior you must model is to be as interesting no matter the topic, to be as interesting as possible on your subject matter. And one of the key ways to be interesting is to create a variety in the tone of voice you're using. I'm not saying like, go all Marvin the Martian and you make me very, very angry. You don't have to do that. (laughs) But what you have to do is level up into your professionalnesses and understand that This is your job. You are a spokesperson for whatever your subject matter expertise is. That's why at Presentello, we're creating subject matter artists, not subject matter experts. Boom. Boom. Drop the pretend mic. (laughs) Mic drop. Lucia really exemplifies the engaging guest. And what she did was understand her hosts that she was inhabiting and she did it with such grace. We started I inhabited a host. She <laughs> inhabited us. She got us talking on tangents that maybe Karina. There are no rules. This is podcasting. <laughs> well, it's podcasting, but she, what makes Lucia a consummate professional. Lucia is a communication strategist and comedy fitness trainer. She has been training people for zillions of years. And she, she makes the guest experience more enjoyable. She founded On Purpose Fun, the world's premier speaking production agent- what agency. Agency. Okay. She is also the co-founder of Not Stupid Networking and Presentello. So she knows what she's doing. She obviously made it very comfortable, funny, hilarious for Karina and I to watch this woman disarm us with this colorful bow check the show notes check out our youtube channel 
Karina, let's have her do it. Oh, we have to ask you. We you have to, to ask two words you for us. Do it. Does she know? If she listened to our podcast. I don't think she did. She didn't know. She didn't know. Look at her. She's like, <laughs> I did. I'm confused. <clears throat> okay. So we asked our guests to say two words. I did, but I confess that I didn't listen to the close of any of the three huh? podcasts I listened to. So That's I'm a fine. bad That's okay. Guest. We adore you anyway. Kick it. Kick it. Kick it. Kick it. Kick it. Kick it. Kick it good. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Femcasters. We hope you were inspired. We hope you were motivated. We hope you think a little bit differently about how your voice, your very own voice can change the universe. So tap on those five stars, share the love, share this episode with another Femcaster that you think could use this message today. And head over to femcasters.com for all the goods we covered today, including tools to elevate your voice. You can join our exclusive community and celebrate the Femcaster in you. Together, we can elevate the power and the voice of women girl-wide. Let's do this. Let's do this.